Hello, this is Melissa Hosick, the host of Community Spotlight here on the EBPL podcast, and I'm very excited to share this special crossover episode with you today. I am joined by Selena Davidson, who's the young adult librarian and supervisor of teen services at the South Brunswick Public Library, and she's also the host of the Alchemy of Genres podcast. How's it going, Selena? It's going great. How's it going for you? It's going pretty well. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do over there at South Brunswick Public Library? I am, as you said, the Young Adult Librarian, Supervisor of Teen Services. I've worked for the library for 23 years and 19 of them as the teen librarian. So it's sort of a weird thing because a lot of people tend to pick teen services as a stopgap. Not many people pick it as their lifetime career, but I kind of feel like it's more of a calling than a career because while I love working with teens, I also feel strongly about advocating for them and being a mentor for them. And they, you can't force me out of this job until I retire. So, (laughs) but, but that's what I do. I work with the teens. I do all the things for teens. If it's got teen in its title, then I'm involved somehow. Now, libraries aren't competitors, despite what some people think, but what are some of the cool things that you do at South Brunswick that our listeners may not know about? One of the coolest things about my job, and and in fact, I say one of the best and most memorable stuff I've done, comes from the minds of my teens. Someone hears an idea or heard something I said, took it off in a direction I never thought of. So here's some of my favorites that I could remember. We did what we called a world in South Brunswick for about five years, highlighted performing arts and diverse forms and diversity of ethnicities and a mix of professionals and teen talents. We started with a two hour thing. And by the end of the five years, it was 15 hours of programming over a weekend. So we fit as much as we could into our weekend until I burned out and was like, I can't do this anymore. We did a fundraiser which was a craft show flea market for about three years, inviting all sorts of people to the library to sell stuff. The table fees were the fundraiser portion and everything else was just, so the general public just saw a flea market craft fair and had a good time. One of my teens wanted it to be her legacy. She was really passionate about it. And the teens also came in and helped set up and clean up. And and the vendors were like, I've never had anybody come and help me set up before. This is amazing. We had one of my teens who was really, really passionate started a robotics and a maker club and he ran both of them so he did a cross pollination with himself and had the maker club make a cardboard crane machine and then the robotics club build the robotic arm for it and then he was heartbroken when i told him that we had to take the arm apart because we couldn't keep it forever so those are some of the cool things that we've done there you go Our teen volunteers and ones who just come to the library are some of the most talented people I've ever interacted with. We have a teen group here as well, ebpl.org forward slash teens. And there's a lot of new things coming up. Awesome. Teens, Teens rock. Teens do rock. Can you tell me more about the Alchemy of Genres podcast and what you cover there? The Alchemy of Genres is something that I started during COVID because we all had to start new things during COVID. And I started it because I read a lot of speculative fiction, so mystery, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and little odd things because I have very eclectic tastes, as well as teen stuff, but I read a lot of the other stuff. That's my wheelhouse. I don't see a lot of people in person who enjoy it. I've tried doing book clubs. I tried like, hey, talk to me about this book I read and I want to talk to somebody about it. And there's never anybody. So I thought maybe I just didn't see them. Maybe they're out there. 
and I love talking about books. So a podcast, let's do that. So my original concept was to find books that fit a category like horror or were creatures or paranormal mystery. But after a year and a half of doing that, I'm a little stymied and trying to find a creative and new genre category and shoving things in it that fit sort of. So as of this year, starting in 2022, I'm just focusing on these are my choice reads for the month. And then I do one for teens and one for adults, because that was the other thing I was sometimes doing one for each and sometimes mixing it, which got confusing for the audience. So I just decided anyone can listen. I'm not policing what they read, but obviously some adult books are intense or violent or contain <gasps> sex. So, um, <laughs> so some adults or teens aren't comfortable with that content and this way they can choose what to listen to what they want to hear about or not and if they're an adult and they like teen books they can also choose to listen or not and it gives them a range but it also lets me just go here's the cool stuff i read and here's what i liked and i never talk about things i don't like or that would be a much longer thing and there might be something that you might not enjoy that someone else would so yeah we want to highlight the things that we love and make sure they're available and I try to tell them where they can get it because there's some things that you can only get like on Kindle Unlimited, which is an Amazon service. They have a lot of independent authors, but then there's other books where I'm like, you can get this at your local library. And so <laughs> it's like, hey, look, this is where you can get these things. We're going to be sharing one of your episodes today. Can you tell us more about this specific episode? This specific episode is a short story collection, and it is for teens and adults. Most short stories aren't too overwhelming, and it is a mix of all of the genres. So there's some sci-fi, there's some horror, there's teen collection specificity, and it's kind of a nice range of things. Because if you don't know about a genre, I feel like short stories are a great way to jump in and get a feel for things. One of the favorite ones that I found was an N.K. Jemison short story when do they do Black Future Month, I think is what it's called. And I read it and I forgot how good she was. I've read some of her books, but I had never read any of her short stories. And, and it was really, really good. How can people subscribe and listen to the Alchemy of Genres back catalog of episodes? Well, we have our host as Anchor. So obviously you could go from there, but it's on Spotify or iTunes or Google. So pretty much anywhere. Look up Alchemy of Genres and go click. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes so people can easily click on over. We're also on Anchor. So, Selena, thanks for stopping by today, and I look forward to listening to future episodes. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the last podcast for 2020 for Alchemy of Genres from the South Brunswick Public Library. I am Selena. I am the sci-fi fantasy nerd who loves all the speculative genres. And I thought since it's the end of the year that I would focus on short stories. I want to apologize up front for the long delay between podcasts. We had a snowstorm in New Jersey, which kind of uh, threw things off, plus holidays, which threw things off. Plus, it took a little longer to weed through short stories to find ones that I wanted to share. Instead of the normal synopsis of a story, as I would do, because these are all random short stories, I thought I would go over and talk about a little bit about the story arc, if there is one, because many short story collections are random, but many of them also have uh, a theme. 
and I'll describe that theme if there is one. But they'll pick out at least one that I thought stood out, that I liked and enjoyed, because it's all very, it's very subjective. I might like this one, you might like that one, and that's one of the things I love about short stories, is I can read through them, and if I don't like this one, but I like that one overall, I can still enjoy the novel as a whole, or I could love the context and the, and the, and the theme and the way it's treated, but maybe not like every author's story individually. So it's just a great topic to explore. Take a look at a short story collection at your library, and don't forget that not all short stories end up shelved in a separate short story collection. Sometimes they're a short story collection from a particular author. Uh, Neil Gaiman, Stephen King do that a lot. But there's also um, like themed things in horror and sci-fi fantasy. They love to do that. Like here's a collection about a mythical creature or here's a theme about space or vampires or whatever. So they don't always end up in the official short story collections if your library even has one of those because not all of them do. But Take a look at them. It's a great way to explore your options and discover some new authors. Maybe someone you've never read before that you're like, ooh, I didn't know who they were, but I liked this story, so now I'm going to go look for some more of their works. Um, this is a mix of teen and adult. I will, again, differentiate and explain. Um, and I will try not to say um so much. My apologies. Let's just jump into this and see where it goes and I hope you enjoy it. The first one is from Neil Gaiman. He's, as I said, prolific with his short stories and it is in a different format because this one is called Likely Stories and Likely Stories is actually a graphic novel version of a short story collection, which I thought was really unique. And the way he created it was he took all of these stories are, are literally stories told in a bar. Um, they're all fantastical or horrific, but they're stories told in a bar. Most of them are kind of on a horror basis, which is cool. Uh, the first one is called Foreign Parts, which was a really cool head game wherein the speaker, the narrator, main character, catches a disease. It's identified as an STD, which he finds really confusing because he hasn't had sex with anyone other than himself in several years. But he catches this disease somehow, but it's affecting him. And suddenly he's starting to feel like it's not his body and he can't feel parts of his body and he feels like someone's taking him over and it is a really cool exploration of that whole idea of a body snatcher and an actual condition that people can have where mentally they feel disconnected from their own bodies like they don't they're not in charge and someone else is in charge of parts of their body or their entire body and the way it plays out is, is really creepy and awesome in true Neil Gaiman fashion. Uh, feeders and eaters is another one where there's this it's a creepy story but then as you get to the end you find the true creepiness and that makes it even better 
uh, it's feeders and eaters explains itself. Some people are the feeders and some people are the eaters. So you are either eaten or you eat. And they, it's explored through disappearing wildlife and a cat in this rooming house that this gentleman is talking about. It's like, I met this strange old lady when I lived at this house. But then it goes farther and farther as you start to really understand the words he's not saying. That maybe it didn't stop at cats and maybe there are some other problems going on. And I don't want to give it away. You should check it out. It might have appeared, I'm not really sure. I know Foreign Parts appeared in another short story collection. Um, Feeders and Eaters probably did as well. So you could probably check out some of his short story collections. But Likely Stories is just a really quick, short, graphic novel, short story collection. A compilation of a variety of authors that I found fascinating was Dangerous Women. It's just a fun concept. It's literally just women who are dangerous in a multitude of ways. Either they're dangerous because they're evil, maybe they're dangerous because they are really good at killing things, maybe they are just serial killers. You don't know. Or maybe they're just really smart and they outsmart the bad guys. I liked the play of it. This is a really large collection. It took a long time to delve into. It was compiled by um, <clears throat> Martin and a lot of other people. So you can find it in a lot of different collections. It is ginormous. So the first one is that I found that is amazing was Wrestling Jesus by Joe Lansdale. This kid, Marvin, and the story sort of seems to take place somewhere in South America, but it's not specified that I know of, or that I remember anyway. So this kid, Marvin, is tired of being beat up, and this old man saves him from being beat up. And he decides that he wants him to teach him. So this old man used to be a wrestler, like old school wrestling, not like flying through the air wrestling, but wailing on each other till someone gives in wrestling. And he teaches him to fight. And the dangerous woman in this case is a rival that the two men had, like this old man and his big rival. They're both in their 70s and they still get together every few years to wrestle each other over a woman who's still with the other man and theoretically whoever wins the fight wins the woman and so there's a bit of that fighting ethics and exploration of discovering your own power but also what makes a person dangerous is it what they do is it how you perceive it it was just a really cool story. I liked it. I liked the exploration of it. I loved the interaction between the f older generation and the younger generation, the passing on of the knowledge. And through the passing on of the knowledge, the acknowledgement of learning new things and finding out parts of yourself that you didn't notice as you're passing it along. Like, oh, I never thought of it from that perspective, that kind of thing. So it was a really cool story. Another one 
is Hands That Are Not There by Melinda Snodgrass. This is another really cool story about a guy in a bar who tells a story of how his identity was stolen by an enemy alien infiltration company that literally the woman seduced him and then they got all of his information and copied him and now he is living in another body in another face but it's still him and they now have control of the government it's just really cool i've been displaced i am not who i say i am and you're like is it true is he just crazy i don't know but it's a really cool story and and she leaves it up in the air like could this have happened is this real is this guy just a crazy drunk and it's fun and i really like that a teen compilation called unbroken 13 stories starring disabled teens is a range of stories some romantic some horror some light fantasy my favorites were brit and the bike god by cody keplinger I loved this story. It was so sweet. It was just a really sweet little romance about a blind girl who rides bikes and she rides bikes in tandem because that's the only way she can ride. She wasn't born blind. She has a disorder that's making her blind and her father gets a bike team together and someone always rides tandem with her and she always takes it to be an obstacle. Someone has to ride tandem with me. They might not like it. And then she finds that maybe they like riding with her. And maybe one boy in particular really likes riding with her. And it's just this really sweet, teen, romantic, flirty story that I liked a lot. A Curse and a Kindness by Corrine Duvis. Divis. I am terrible at guessing how to pronounce people's names. But it was another really interesting story with autistic um sort of an autistic person or a person with autism to be more correct mixed with a genie and those magical characteristics and it I can't explain it without giving it away because it's a really brief story but it was just really interesting and really intricately done and just thoughtful about this genie and this incorruptible sweet person on the autism spectrum and you should check it out it's a really cool compilation of a lot of different stories and I liked the theme overall Let's get to the next one. My pages are sticking together. Forgive the paper noises. Here. There. Paper noises. So fun. Okay. Fantastic Hope by Hamilton and McCaskey. This one is... Laurel K. Hamilton is a very well-known name, and she had a new author that she wanted to highlight. She really liked him, and I did enjoy um, his story, but it wasn't my favorite favorite story my favorite story in there is a really cool one that was like a real quick short story from the uh anita blake universe called zombie dearest 
in the Anita Blake books, there is this moment where she creates an amazing zombie quite by accident that is so realistic that he just looks like he time traveled from the 17 or 1800s and in fact a young woman who's a history major actually falls in love with him and they they do things you probably shouldn't do with a zombie which is kind of weird and kind of gross but he's just so realistic looking and so she explored the idea of because people had asked her what happened to that woman what happened afterwards and uh obviously the zombie had to be put down and it was a whole part of the, that bigger story but the zombie dearest is the just what happened to the woman which is that that zombie evidently was magically so good he actually managed to uh create a child with this woman and it's her story of what happens when suddenly her child is a couple of years old and she has this weird wasting sickness and something is going on and her parents come in and, and yell at Anita Blake and are like, you need to fix this and find out what's going on. It was really cool. A little longer, more like a novella than a short, short story, but really fun. You don't need to have read the Anita Blake books. In fact, it might be a great introduction to them, but it is just a fun interesting side note if you are a fan uh, the other one in the collection that I really found fun was Twilight Falls by Mayberry and it's like a conspiracy with bioweapons that is not the way you thought it would be like the the conspiracy is totally in a different direction. The bioweapons are in a different direction. It's, and I love Mayberry's writing. He does a really good job of, of keeping realistic characters and creating really interesting things. So I don't want to give away all of the story, but it was really, really cool. Um, Another Neil Gaiman collection, this one's for children. The previous Fantastic Hope, I should clarify, isn't necessarily not good for children, but it wasn't written for children, it was written for adults, and it just came out last year, so or this past year. It came out in the fall, I want to say. <coughs> Excuse me. So, next collection was written for children, but there's a similar with the com more complete stories written also it turns out after a reading enough of these i didn't realize this but neil gaiman not shockingly will take some of his short stories and condense them or change them slightly so they can be read for children and then he'll put them in their complete form or their original form in a collection for adults so m is for magic is his children's collection and the adult collection is Smoke and Mirrors. So from the M is for Magic or from Smoke and Mirrors, both the, these stories appear in both. So it was just kind of interesting to see the differences. The Troll Bridge was a really cool story and I really liked it. It was well done in the children's version and it was also really well done in Smoke and Mirrors. Um, 
that the idea is that this young man runs across this troll and each time it's you could kill me now but i haven't really lived and you wouldn't get enough because the troll in this instance feeds from the life that you've lived and he's very young the first time and he's like but i haven't lived i haven't done anything so let me come back later and then each time he comes he comes back later and each time there's another reason why the troll should let him go and let him continue to absorb and experience more life but also each time he comes back he's a little more jaded and a little less excited to return to his life he doesn't find it as enthralling as exciting as fulfilling <laughs> oh my apologies so it's this really cool juxtaposition of my life is boring and i'm not sure i want to keep living it but no i don't want to die either and um it's really well done for children it's really well done for adults i think you'll enjoy it uh the foreign parts full story is in smoke and mirrors and chivalry is one of my ultimate favorite short stories from neil gaiman which is where a little old lady goes to her local thrift store and buys the um, sacred chalice otherwise known as the Holy Grail and it was just on the shelf and then Lancelot and some of the other knights of the round table show up from the past to her house to acquire this famous Thing because they are on a quest and they're still looking for it and so it's this really interesting dichotomy of this sweet little old lady who has this ir irreplaceable ultimate holy item that's just sitting on her mantle and this sweet young man who is trying to convince her to give it to him for various you know, I'll give you this, I'll buy it with this, or please, could you, you know, it's it's just a really fun, slightly silly story, and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the Price is another one that has appeared in a couple of different places, and I really like this one because it's about cats. But it's uh, a man adopts a stray, and he notices that over a period of time, his stray cat is encountering more and more bad things like he's getting into fights and he keeps coming home more and more bedraggled and he's not sure why and as he tries to explore what is hurting his cat he finds out that his cat is actually protecting his family from evils that live beyond it's this really interesting twist on a tale and also just about love and family that i adore so you can't go wrong with Neil Gaiman ever at all. A teen collection that I just found fascinating and should be read by everyone just for a lark is called Zombies vs. Unicorns. Uh, the two that compiled it are Lar Belastier, and that's, I'm sure, wrong, and Holly Black. And the two stories that I really liked 
Bougainvillea. I know it's a plant. I can't pronounce the name. Bougainvillea, Bougainvillea, ha, whatever, by Ryan. It's a zombie apocalypse, and Isa learns strength and ruthlessness in her life, basically. That she's on this tiny island and her father is the ruler and he has his made these strict instructions for the way life has to be lived and she's not sure that he's correct but then things happen and she has to realize that life in a zombie apocalypse makes for terrible choices and losses and issues and so maybe some of the choices he made were correct if she can manage to make them happen and or withstand the losses by breaking some of those rules. It's a really interesting story and a little heartbreaking, but really well done. The Care and Feeding of Your Baby Killer. Oh, excuse me. The Care and Feeding of Your Baby Killer Unicorn by Peter Frond. This is a story from the Killer Unicorns series, which I adore, and not enough people have read. You really should read them. Uh, the idea of this story is that unicorns are real. Yes, they can only be seen by virgins, but they can also only be fought by virgins. And this particular story involves the discovery of one of the characters of these cute baby killer unicorns and <laughs> it kind of sets up a little bit of the universe that they take place in and also a little bit of the philosophy of of the way it works like how life works in this universe really well done but hey i like the stories anyway moving on one of the coolest short story collections is called One Death, Nine Stories by Aronson and Smith as editors. All of the stories are about Kevin Nicholas, age 19, who died. Every story, different kinds of stories, some are poetry, some are in uh, speculation, some are in first person, some are in third, but each story is a different viewpoint about how Kevin's death affects someone. Some of them only knew him in passing. Some of them knew him well. But his death affected each of them in some way. And so this is literally one death, nine stories. And these nine people are brought together or affected in some way by the death of this young man, Kevin Nicholas. It was really well done. It's a teen book, so it's really a quick read. But it is actually one that you can't read just a part of. You would have to read the whole thing. But luckily, it's a really skinny book, so it's a quick one. Another one that is a quick read, but you can read it in any order, is uh, How They Met by David Levithan. This, all of the stories are by him, and it's literally just all sorts of meet-cute love stories of... Uh, of all sorts of people falling in love. Uh, there are some LGBT novel, uh, LGBT connections in there, but not all of them are. And it's just a really fun, cute love collection. You should check it out. 
a different kind of short story love collection is the Heart to Heart Volume 4. Heart to Heart is something that Amazon and Kindle put together, evidently, in a bunch of authors that are independent authors through Amazon and, and Kindle. They put together these collections, they choose an overarching theme, they call it Heart to Heart, and the proceeds for the books are donated to various LGBTQ charities. So this particular issue, Volume 4, is, um, and I should say, before I go too far, these are all adult stories. These are written by a variety of authors, most of whom write for adult audiences. So there is some adult content in there, so just be aware. The fun tie-in of this one, Volume 4, is that Heart to Heart is a podcast by Jeannie DeLamp, which is a made-up name that this guy puts it together, and he is putting the format of a call-in show, so you call in with a wish. Sometimes about love, most of the time about love. I wish I could find a guy, I wish I could find a girl, I wish I could find someone, um, but sometimes it's not about love, sometimes it's about other things, but there's always a wish that's made, and then if he chooses to air it and they talk about it, he, the Genie DeLamp guy talks about it, and then maybe your wish will come true. The way that the story is put together is really cool because the beginning and the end of the novel first is from the two people putting the podcast together. One is the editor, the other is the creator and the podcaster himself. And it explains like what he's, where he's at and who, who he is and how this came to be. And then the end of the story is sort of where some of his wishes might come true that he, and, and why maybe this podcast is more magical than he thinks. Because it turns out that a lot of people who call in with a wish actually get their wish. So everybody's calling in because they are believing in this magic. This is also a really cool fantasy compilation because the authors could just write anything they wanted as long as there was a podcast in there somewhere. So there's 18 different stories. The only thing that brings them together is the fact that there might be a love story in there, but also that there is a call in to the podcast or someone listening to the podcast at some point. My favorite stories were uh, a wish for money where a man meets a dragon, gets a new job, gets a new boss, and he gets love. And he becomes his dragon's treasure. It's really sweet. There's also a story where a selkie who is lonely meets a sexy fireman. And then there is another one where a baker, who is also a magic user, finds true love through a baking contest. But the person wasn't looking for true love. They were just looking to start their own business and be able to make a new life for themselves and and they find the love of their life but also find a, a business and a, a way to make their own life through this baking contest it 
is really sweet. The stories weren't organized cl as clearly, but they're all in there. You should check them out and try them. It's a really fun collection. It's really long because there's 18 different stories by 18 different authors and some of them vary in length plus the beginning and the ending compilation that bring it together. But I just fell in love with this whole thing. It was just so fun and, and all sorts of different stories of all sorts of different kinds. Uh, a teen short story collection is A Thousand Beginnings and Endings. Ellen O is the editor and this overarching theme is retellings of Asian myths and legends. The one that I found, re there were a lot of really good ones in there, but the one that I found fascinating was Olivia's Table by Alyssa Wong. And it's taking place at a ghost festival. And she is taking over for her mother. So she's grieving because her mom died. But she's at this ghost festival and... She's trying to help. She's trying to continue the business that they started. And oh yeah, ghosts are real. So there's a real danger element because the, the idea of a ghost festival is that you're wishing the ghosts well and feeding them this feast so that they will leave you alone for the rest of the year. And if it's not done well, then this town will be devastated and overrun by ghosts so she's very motivated to do it well but she's also suffering from grief and and struggling with whether this whole thing is worth it it's really well done really cool another teen collection is called short stuff the it's just the subtitle is just YA LGBTQ plus anthology. So it's authors writing from that point of view. Alicia Constantine is the editor. My favorite story in the whole book, and there were some good ones, was I Ate the Whole World to Find You. Basil is a swimmer. Will wants to be a chef, and he's working at the snack shack at the pool it's a upper scale pool basil only has access to the pool because he's an olympic potential person and he agrees to be at this exclusive place and he lifeguards for a bit in order to be able to swim more but he also gets unlimited snacks at the snack bar and will just wants people to taste his cooking and he wants to be a chef but he also kind of likes basil and Basil is so focused on his swimming but he's not feeling good about himself because his coach and his parents have limited his life to just about swimming and he doesn't get to think about anything else and now suddenly Will is making him think about what he's eating and why does he like it or does he like it and what about Will does he like Will and is he willing to focus on some things besides his swimming? And could that maybe, maybe make his swimming better to be able to have a more well-rounded life and not just everything about this one obsession? And lots of people in the sports industries will 
have differing opinions. There are people who are like, no, you're an Olympic hopeful. Your whole life has to be bound up in this. And others who are, well, yes, you're an Olympic hopeful, but you should also have other things in your life. So it was just a really great look at that dilemma, but from the athlete's point of view, as an up-and-coming person with a lot on his shoulders and a lot of passion and drive for the sport, but also just wanting a life of his own and support from the adults, not just about his winnings and his sports-related abilities, but just support for him as a person. And that really hit home. It made me cry a little bit. Okay. Hungry Hearts is another teen book. This one's all about food and love. Uh, Elsie Chapman is the editor, and the story that I liked in this one is called Rain, Sangu Mandana. And again, my apologies, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. It's a really good story. It, this one is sad, it made me cry. But it's all about this teen and her father, their mother, the the teen's mother has died. So the father lost his wife and the teen lost her mother. And the two of them are grieving. And they leave England to visit her aunt in, um, I forget where, Boston, New York, somewhere like that. But being out of their home allows them to maybe not be surrounded so much by the the memories of their mother and she starts to try and recreate a recipe that her mom used to always make that she never wrote down it was just a recipe that she made it's a home recipe and she just is trying to recreate this recipe not knowing any of it and it and it sort of becomes a bonding experience between her and her father and a way to build new memories while honoring her mother it was such a sweet story and and so sad but so fulfilling and about working through grief and how it can pull you apart and and yet you can find a way to still be together it was really good and you should definitely check that story out also that collection because it's all about food will make you hungry so don't read it if you're hungry you'll just eat the whole house moving on one collection that blew me away but is not a quick read is how long till black future month by nk jemison i hadn't read a whole lot by her but now i'm going to be having to read all of her books and and that is Probably because she is not a, re a writer that writes uh, quick reads. She's got really deep, thinky books, and, and I just haven't gotten to them now. But now I feel like I need to. This is an extraordinary collection, and I just really loved it. But it's a thoughtful collection. It's written for adults, but I think anybody could read it. It's got some, it's all sci-fi and horror and things. The thing that makes it adult is just the organization of it, the deep multitude of meanings between the ways she writes and the things they mean, 
but it's not done in this way that makes you feel like you're slogging along through someone who just threw a bunch of words together and went, isn't this deep? English teachers will love me. But it was truly deep and thoughtful. And every time I finished a story, it just stuck in my head and made me think some more. For instance, the valedictorian is a play is a fictional place. It's literally a city in a bubble. And every year, the graduating class, the lowest 10 and the valedictorian are sent off to live with the aliens, but they never are seen by these people in this city again. They're, they might not be aliens. They might just be an advanced humanity. It's not really clear, but they are no longer welcome in this place. And the struggle is why the lowest 10 and the valedictorian? That's the thing that throws you off. And you start wondering about that. The main character in the story is the valedictorian. And she's trying to figure out why. Like, why does the valedictorian go? Does, does being the best mean that I have to be punished? I don't understand. And then you see her starting to realize that the valedictorian is the person who is fighting to be different, to be excellent, to be extraordinary. And in this place, that's not welcome. They want the ordinary. They want the regular. They want everyone to be the same and everyone to be content. And if you're not content, then you should go. And it's... There's more to the story than that, but that's like the underlying, the whole society lives in this vacuum where everything has to be the same, no one grows, no one advances, nothing changes, and meanwhile around them the entire universe is changing and they don't want any part of it. I just... It touched me, I guess, because I wish there was a place I could have gone to as a teen. And I know some teens now that it's like I could go someplace where they'll appreciate me for being different, for being not normal. But at the same time, it's a... It's a lie because we don't have that society. We don't have those aliens that we can send our different people to. So our different people just have to make their own utopia and make things better a little at a time. So it was just an extraordinary story and I really, really loved it. Um, the Storyteller's Replacement is a creepy tale. It's got all these fairy tale elements, but told in this really unique fashion that makes you rethink all of the fairy tales you've ever heard. I really loved the, the creepiness of it and the, the just way of telling the story differently. The story that was the most thoughtful and that really made you think was the ones who stay and fight. 
it's in Umhalat, which is this mythical place. It's a beautiful place, and it's sort of a mind game story because you feel like it could be true. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. And the whole story is told in this third person of someone telling you about the story. They're, they're telling you about the place. You should visit. It's this wonderful place, and this is what it's like. And because this one touched me a lot and it was just so thoughtful and such a cool mind game, I'm actually going to read you a little selection of it where it explains, gives you a little tonal quality of it. So, and so how does Umhalat exist? How can such a city possibly survive, let alone thrive? Wealthy with no poor, advanced with no war, a beautiful place where all souls know themselves beautiful. It cannot be, you say. Utopia? How banal. It's a fairy tale, a thought exercise. Crabs in a barrel, dog-eat-dog, dog, oppression Olympics. It would not exist, you insist. It would not last. It could never be in the first place. Racism is natural, so natural that we will call it tribalism to insinuate that everyone does it. Sexism is natural, and homophobia is natural, and religious intolerance is natural, and greed is natural, and cruelty is natural, and savagery and fear and, and, and. Impossible, you hiss, your fists slowly clenching at your sides. How dare you! What have these people done to make you believe such lies? What are you doing to me to suggest that this is possible? How dare you? How dare you? Oh, friend, I fear I have offended. My apologies. Yet, how else can I convey whom a lot to you, when even the thought of a happy, just society raises your ire so? Though I confess I am puzzled as to why you are so angry, it's almost as if you feel threatened by the very idea of equality. Almost as if some part of you needs to be angry, needs unhappiness and injustice. But do you? Do you? And there you go. That's, that's the whole tonal quality of the story and why I fell in love with that one. So that is going on my list of best short story ever. And and most thoughtful short story that I've read in a very, very long time. So, again, How Long Till Black Future Month, N.K. Jemison, Definitely check that one out. Moving on, Fresh Ink, an anthology, stories from people of color. This one is another teen collection. It's really good, really quick read. The one that, the ones that I'm going to talk about, you have Melinda Lowe and the title of the story is meet cute very sweet story happening at a con it's not given a name it's just a con generic sci-fi con you've got an asian sulu and an african-american scully in a power outage and and it's just this really sweet romantic story of of playing characters that are different because sully is not African-American and Sulu is Asian but not a female and and some of if you've never been to a con sometimes you get a lot of pushback from not playing correctly gender swapping uh, uh, swapping of different ethnicities 
that's not done. You have to play the character the way it is, and so on. Um, it, but it was a really great. They she addresses some of that in the story, but she also just makes it a really sweet romantic story of two girls who meet at a con. Uh, tags from Walter Dean Myers. Walter Dean Myers is a master. He has short story collections of his own. He has full collections of stories of various kinds. He's won numerous awards during his lifetime. Sadly, he's no longer with us. He is uh, uh, amazing. This one, Tags, in this Fresh Ink anthology, is in a play format, and there's so... It's a really fast read, not very many pages, but it gives you such a punch in true Myers fashion. I don't want to say too much because it is such a quick story and and it is so easily ruined. But basically it's highlighting the futility and the agony of the cycle of violence through uh, a group of taggers who are meeting each other, and uh, it's really affecting. It was really well done. Honestly, read anything by Walter Dean Myers. You can't go wrong, but if you read this collection, you'll get a feel for the way he writes. So good. Uh, on to a totally different element. Joe Hill wrote a short story collection called Full Throttle. It's pretty new. It came out in the last year. There's an amazing introduction that explains who Joe Hill is. FYI, spoiler, he's Stephen King's son. Uh, it explains how he came up with the name and why he writes horror and also why he has a different name. Don't skip the intro. It was just really well done. It's a little bit of background, a little bit of uh, autobiography, and a little bit of humor. So... There's a really great quote about fathers and sons, and there's a couple of stories that he writes with his father, which is also kind of cool. The first one, Throttle, is one that he wrote with his father. It's a motorcycle gang, and it's this generational story. It's also a view of what a gang is and what constitutes proper gang behavior from a generational point of view. You've got a father and a son. The father was in Vietnam. He was a fighter. All of the people in the gang that are with him are people who have dropped out of society and are really resentful of society based on the things they experienced in Vietnam. Both father and son are comfortable with violence, but the reasons they will enact violence are different. Their limits on what they will and will not do are different. And the son is weaker and yet more violent than his father. And so there's all these really cool questions of character. Are you born this way? Are you made this way? It was just a really interesting story. True horror, but not like over the top gory horror. It's written for adults. But if you enjoy Joe Hill's stories, you can probably enjoy them. My favorite story, but I'm a little biased, is called Late Returns. It's about a guy who returns home after the death of his parents. It's a really small town. He ends up driving the bookmobile, thus the bias. 
this particular bookmobile sometimes finds time slips that allow those people who have already passed to come back and connect and climb onto the bookmobile and return a book that they had borrowed that is late and get a new book that they just need to read for some reason. Sometimes it's a reason like a young girl who's dying and the Harry Potter books have, she won't get to read the last couple Harry Potter books and she really wants to know how they end. So the bookmobile driver gives them to her and she can read them before they're printed because she's dying in the early 90s and the Harry Potter books have already come out in 2020. Um, there's just some really thoughtful, interesting ideas of when a book is needed and how a book can change you, but also about how hope can change you. Because a lot of it is about the what drove these spirits to go to the bookmobile and get a book and why. It was really well done and it was really cool. And obviously Joe Hill has a love for libraries and librarians and all of the parts of that because you can see that in the story and you should definitely check that out stories of your life and others by ted chiang is overall a really not it's another it's a sci-fi collection all the stories are by him it's a really thoughtful and deep collection of stories the one that i thought was interesting is called tower of babylon it's literally happening in that historical period of when the Tower of Babel was built. And the concept is that the, there's this group of miners who are being, who are climbing the Tower of Babylon to get to the top so that they can help dig into the gates of heaven or to find the treasure of heaven. And the way it plays out and the way that th they are worried about whether God will smite them and what will happen. And then Chiang has this really cool twist ending that isn't what you thought it was and yet is just so beautiful in its simplicity. I, I thought it was really well done and just interesting. Uh, Stephen King, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, is an older collection, but pretty cool. It's really long, so feel free to skim along and grab the ones that you liked. The two that I'm going to talk about is Suffer the Little Children, which is a really another cool, creepy one, because it leaves you wondering, is this the story of a crazy old woman? She's a teacher. She has strict control over her classroom students of third graders and suddenly she thinks she sees evil entities taking over her children. And it never happens when anyone else is around, but she can see their facial shapes changing and they taunt her when no one else is watching. And yet you still aren't sure, is this really something that's happening? Is there an evil entity or an alien presence that's taking over our children? Or is she just a crazy old woman? I love the 
the way it's presented in true Stephen King fashion that where you're like, it could go either way. I could totally buy it in both. Like I could make an argument for both sides of that story based completely on everything I read in this book. I could totally roll with both endings. Really well done. Dolan's Cadillac is the beginning story in the collection. And it's a really interesting, detailed story of an obsession for revenge with a husband whose wife died and the man who is ultimately responsible for her death and how he's going to get even and the lengths that he will go to to make sure that this happens from this nobody school teacher who is going to make sure that this wealthy horrible crime person pays for the death of his wife really fascinating and you can almost buy that it's real like you're literally reading it going I could totally see somebody going that far because you know you don't have to be Chuck Norris to do crazy things it happens all the time people do crazy things and go to extreme lengths when they are threatened or feel scared so so that is this collection of short stories that I'm going to talk about I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you explore short stories are a great way to get familiar with different authors I love when they explore with themes and you get to see different points of view and I also love that I don't have to feel guilty if I don't like this one I can skip ahead to the next one or I can just read the same one twice because I really want to get the sense of it and understand it. So check them out, teens and adults, whatever you're comfortable with. Read teen books, even if you're not teens. And teens, don't be afraid to try, especially as you're getting older and you're getting to be a senior or junior in high school. Start exploring some of these other collections of books and, and seeing what other authors that you might want to try that you haven't tried yet. It's a great introduction to a whole new set of authors that maybe you haven't explored. Enjoy, and I will work to get the blog posted as fast as I can so it also comes out before the end of the year. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you for listening, and let's all continue to support our libraries in the new year and always. Have a good night and goodbye. Thank you again for joining us for this special crossover episode with the Alchemy of Genres. To listen to the EBPL podcast, visit ebpl.org forward slash podcast.